On today's episode of Rice, we'll be discussing Disney's investment into Asian creatives, the COVID-19 vaccine deployment in Canada, and so much more. What up, what up, listeners, and welcome to Rice, Asian comedy podcast, where we share the Asian perspective on entertainment, culture, and trending topics. We are recording this episode live on Sunday, December 13. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians. And on our panel today, we've got Leonard Chan. Hello. And Veronica Antipolo. Hello. Cool, cool. So we, we've been getting great comments from our viewers. I know we missed last week uh, technical difficulties again with my computer. I have switched back to my old ass computer. So I literally have this brand new computer that, you know, well, first of all, it's getting outclassed by a $900 Mac mini in the other room. But that's neither here nor there. But I've got a new computer sitting there. And now I have to go back to an old funky laptop because Skype doesn't seem to want to work on the new computer. Um, but uh, the more my point is, um, you know, we just decided to cancel last week's episode and we actually got a lot of comments from people um, asking where the show was. So, um, you know, uh, sorry for missing it, but thanks for like actually tuning in live on Sunday nights. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll try our best to, to keep the schedule moving forward. Hopefully no more computer issues. Um you know, I I, uh, I I actually haven't asked Leonard and Veronica yet because it is the holidays. So obviously, if things happen for the holidays, we might have to reschedule things. But outside of the holidays, we should be Sundays, 8 p.m. Um, and at the moment, I'm assuming we are here <laughs> next week. We'll confirm that before the end of the show. Um, Is what, anybody actually going anywhere during this pandemic? <laughs> I'm here until 2022, as far as I know. I know, not even the stores. I'm not even going into stores, so. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing I wanted to uh, to start off with, it, it was a comment that we got from one of our most loyal viewers. Um, she sent in a message and said that before we used to banter a little bit before we got into each topic, because, you know, we're comedians and people tune in. It's a personality driven show. So they want to know about our lives a little bit. So we're going to start off each week now talking about what the highlight of our week is, um, either good or bad. It's just sort of the one thing we're going to remember if we were to put something in a time capsule from this week. What would it be? Um, I'll give my co-host a bit of time to think. I'll start first. So for me... Um, it was my my sister's wedding. My sister Tula, she got married on Ooh. Friday, and I um, I at first I was gonna do a Zoom performance, but somehow um, I just ended up taking over the whole thing. <laughs> so I emceed, did all the technical <laughs> stuff. Um, I I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> But it was, you know, it was one of these things. My sister was getting married. We were supposed to go to uh, Jamaica for her wedding. Um, and, mm. you know, then it got canceled. Then it's going to get postponed until next year at the same time. But, you know, with everything up in the air, um, she actually kept the original date. So December 13th was the original oh. date and she kept it. And, um, yeah. Oh. Or no, wait, today's December 13th. Sorry, the wedding yeah, was on December the 11th. So yeah, the um, we actually kept the original date and it actually went really well. Um, I would say probably the best thing about it was, um, and we had a live ceremony, but um, 
the and it was gorgeous. They did a great job of filming it in their living room. We had an officiant who called in on an iPad, so she's like a floating head that they put the iPad where um where she would be standing. Um, so it was it was really cute. But I, I actually think the the coolest thing is that um where it was an added bonus instead of a minus doing it on Zoom was, first of all, we got more people, lots of people from around the world, a destination wedding. You, we probably only would have had, like, you know, a few dozen people. Um, it was when we had, you know... Dozen. G- <laughs> I had big seven families. people in my wedding. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Usually when we do a wedding in Winnipeg, it was, like, 700 people. So then we just started doing destination weddings, which are really... <laughs> tamper down the number but it's still quite a few people um but winnipeg isn't a destination vong (laughs) i mean it's technically a destination (laughs) not for them for me i suppose for me but for them they they do live there but the the one thing that i loved was um so you know like at the end of a regular wedding you would you know do that lineup where everybody gets like 30 seconds with a couple you say something And usually you don't really have a record of that. Whereas this one, because everybody was on Zoom, we just went one by one and we got in like, you know, almost everybody um, and we got it all recorded. And also the great thing is, um, um, you know, so now it's sort of like they get a, a little video message and then the chat was saved. So it's sort of like a digital version of a wedding guest book. So it's actually pretty cool. Um, so that's one way where it was actually better than a real wedding. Um, you know, obviously we probably would have chosen Jamaica over Zoom if we could, <laughs> you know, outside of, you know, the fact that being gay is, if not punishable by death, pretty close to it um, yeah. in Jamaica. So I, I, I was a little bit worried about going. So in that way, I was happy as on Zoom that my life was not in danger. But... You're making me worried about my safety. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other thing, too, I, I, I'm going to cheat and give uh, and give a couple other updates um, for my week. <laughs> it should only be one. But I had to mention my co- oh, our co-host, um, Veronica... <laughs> Sent me a mug with my own face. Um, and because I'm right-handed, I actually see my face as I'm drinking it. Oh, <laughs> nice. That was for my the computer that you helped me build. Oh. Well, you built it, actually. <laughs> I did nothing. Well, it was very sweet, Veronica. Very sweet. I was planning to use it on the actual show, but then I remembered I'm surrounded by computer equipment. So I will bring it up every once in a while, but will not have actual <laughs> water in it. won't have anything in it, yeah. yeah. And then finally, I want to thank my other co-host, Leonard, for stepping in and saving my ass um, uh, <laughs> doing a random uh, corporate event because the the dates got mixed up. And with like, what was it, an hour and a half to go, he, he stepped in and he, uh, he totally uh, saved my ass. So thank you, Leonard. <laughs> No problem. I was happy to do it for a third of my regular rate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why it's called a favor. <laughs> uh, but no, no, seriously, though, thank you. That was that was super helpful, super helpful. But now we'll uh, we'll go over to Veronica. And what was the highlight of your week? Um. Well. I have to say, why well, I have to? It's actually my son's birthday today. And he's turning, well, he's turned 24 today, which is exactly the age I was when I had him. So, yeah, it's so weird because 
like don't get don't get pregnant or don't get anyone else pregnant <laughs> don't make me a grandma damn it but it's just weird because i i realize i'm like wow i didn't know shit did i <laughs> i'm gonna raise a baby but i don't know anything <laughs> the implication is that you know everything now <laughs> I know I'm just clear that I don't know anything. Whereas I think when I was 24, I was like, I think I know a lot of stuff. Nope. I don't know anything. (laughs) So that's, I mean, that's the highlight. Um, It's uh, strange because I had them in in BC and they don't do uh, ultrasounds there, but I was here up until I think I was about five or six months. So I was able to have my ultrasound here. So I knew his gender but there they didn't allow that. So it was such a novelty in, um, I don't even know what you call those classes. Where you go, Lamaze, what, is, what are those Why do I not know Why that? Why do the guys know this? <laughs> I told you I know nothing. <laughs> and I remember it was like such a novelty that I knew the gender of my baby. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I and know. you didn't have to burn down a forest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was Friday the 13th back in 1996 so it was uh it was crazy i remember it was i came in and there was i was like okay i think this is intimidating enough and i remember there was just as i walked in there was a woman in the room beside me and she was begging god for drugs and i thought what did i get myself into Uh, uh. (laughs) she wants to go straight to god to get drugs Mm. i wonder what his rates are yeah, I, don't. I want to know what his inventory is. I mean, yeah. he has a son who's blood blind, so you know, <laughs> he's got some good stuff. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So that's the highlight of my my week, and also I did a, a fundraiser today. So and we reached the goal. So yay! Oh, nice. Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations! Um, let's head on over to Leonard. What was the highlight of your week? Man. So many things. No, I mean, it's a <laughs> pandemic. I haven't left that house in a month and it's a great. Um, but yeah, what did I do last week? Oh, um, so it's a birth of sorts, I guess. I, uh, I finished the first draft of a pilot that I will have to soon submit to a network and get notes um, because we are, uh, well, we were commissioned to write it for them. So I finished the first draft. So that's something. Um and I guess we'll see. We'll see if it's any good. And I'm sure we're going to get back a bunch of notes. So I'm going to be like, what the? F-? <laughs> and, uh, uh, but hopefully it'll lead to me having a TV show. And I don't know, sometime in the future <laughs> when none of this is, when the world isn't ending. Honestly, <laughs> Leonard, I just feel like you having a TV show is just inevitable. Like, obviously, you've got to put in yeah. the, the work to make it happen. But, you know, talent like yours, it'll... At, at some point, it's, it's going to break through. And, you know, obviously, I'm only saying this to make sure that you uh, <laughs> that you put me on your damn show. But uh, no, but I, I really mean it, though. You're, you're such a talented writer. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Let me throw some compliments in. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Actually, the first time I met you, um, I didn't meet you. The very first memory I have of Leonard is uh, he ran in. He threw his jacket off, he grabbed a mic, and he did karaoke. That's literally the <laughs> first time you. <laughs> you exactly just like in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And fun fact, there was no karaoke where we were. 
<laughs> hey, well, you know what? Anywhere there's stand-up comedy, there's a mic, there's a speaker. Yeah. There you go. Just yeah. yeah. No, it was just a very, very awkward funeral. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for sharing the highlights of your week. Now, let's jump into our very first trending topic of the week. And... um. Our first trending topic is Disney Plus. I guess not to Disney Plus, but Disney as a whole. They had an investors um, update. It was like almost four hours long, but they gave like this whole update of what they're going to do coming up with their movies, with Disney Plus, all this shit. And one thing I really noticed was they're really investing in a lot of Asian creatives. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, their next big theatrical release is Raya and the Last Dragon. And that is um, that is starring, you know, Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina. and even even more than that, um, it's written by Adele Lim, who co-wrote Crazy Rich Asians, and also uh, co-written by by uh, Ki Win. And um, a couple of the producers are also Asian. And the reason why I'm making that distinction is because you know, as much as I loved Mulan and their investment in Mulan. Um, like once you got to, you know, the director is white, all the producers are white, all the executive producers are white, you know, mm. the writers were white. Oh, but they did put some agents on screen. So it was sort of like, okay, you know, I think there, when when you give agents actual creative control is when it gets exciting. And so I'll just list down here. There's a whole bunch of stuff um, that they've announced. So um, Willow, um, that great... I don't even know if it was 80s, 90s. I think it was oh, yeah. 80s um, it was franchise 80s. from um, from Lucasfilm is being um, uh, resur- <laughs> resurrected, I guess. And uh, is going to be directed by John M. Chu, who was director of Crazy Rich Asians. Um, you know, uh, Haley Steinfeld, who is half Filipino or Filipina, um, oh, is... Did. Yeah, she... Uh, I didn't she, know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's um she's very open about it. She's done tours in 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 the Philippines and and such. And if you kind of look at her face, you kind of see it, you know. But anyway, she's 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 starring in Hawkeye. Um, you know, Ray and the Last Dragon. Of course, I mentioned the next animated hit, Miss um, Marvel is coming to Disney Plus as a as a Disney Plus series. It's starring um, Iman Vellani and it's a Pakistani character and it's a you know it's the first pa- Pakistani lead um, for a superhero and she won't just be on TV, she's actually gonna be in Captain Marvel Part Two in movie theaters as well. So um, there's that um, she's from Markham Ontario too. She is? Where all the Asians come from. I am. Yeah, just like the Asian from uh, Never Have, Never have I ever. ever. No, she was from Brampton, oh. I want to say. But still. Yeah, yeah, in, 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 in the area. So it's, it's super yeah. cool. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows about Shang-Chi coming out. Um, there's, oh, one thing too is uh, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series is being led by Deborah Chow, and she was a director on season one of The Mandalorian, so she wasn't like the overall creative force, but she's a director, but now nice. she's getting to be the overall creative force. So for me, it's not just about them investing in Asians or doing another Crazy Rich Asians or another Mulan, it's that it's starting to get higher and higher 
in like the control level. It's not just the actors anymore. It's not just the writers. It's not, you know, now we're getting the directors. Now we're getting the producers. So, you know, um, one thing I, I want to put out there is, you know, we've seen in the past where there's been stuff like Joy Luck Club, um, And then it just sort of died for 30 years. So what I want to throw out there is, you know, is this just a trend or is this the new normal? Um, Let's head over. I'll just open it up to either of the panelists. I mean, it depends on how much money these things make. (laughs) Then we'll see. I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it's Marvel and Star Wars. So I feel like the fact that these golden geese franchises are being handed to Asians, I feel like there's a certain level of trust, right? Where they're like, oh, you know, they we can give them the keys to this, uh, these incredibly lucrative franchises. Mm-hmm. And like Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's like a major character, mm-hmm. all right? Like, uh, like Miss Marvel, Shang-Chi, like those are lesser small, but they're still in the Marvel universe. So that's pretty cool. Hawkeye, pretty big character. And then Willow, I mean, I don't know if anybody loves Willow as much as I do, but like, um, I love, I love Willow so really? much. I love, I, 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 to the point where I was like, they're doing a remake or it's actually a series sequel, but I was just like, why, <laughs> why did they need to do that? Please don't sully my memory of this. That being said, Ron Howard, white man, but Hey, I trust yeah. his, I trust his ability. He is on board and he wasn't bored with the original. So I think mm. it's uh, I think it's fantastic. They should bring back Val Kilmer, uh, big, <laughs> big fat Val Kilmer. Uh, yeah. He his character. Call him Fat Mardigan. It'll be great. <laughs> and, well, uh, once you put once you put Asians in in power positions, who's gonna take it back? Because that's that's almost the question you're asking. You're like, well, if we put them in power, someone's gonna just take it away. But just. You've just described the uh, the Biden administration's plans for China. It's like, oh no, what's Asia's power? I know. (laughs) Can they do that? Uh, Who knows? I mean, it's no. I think it's great. First, Asians, because you know, a lot of times East Asians um, were they're considered white adjacent. So good, like good that Asians are getting getting in there and maybe open up to to other. to other ethnicities, to other races. So get in there and get us in there. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, what I really liked about this was I was a little bit worried because, you know, Hollywood's been investing in Asians since Crazy Rich Asians um, blew up. But I was worried about, you know, the Asian market can be a little bit fickle. And I didn't know if that would scare them away. You know, the whole Mulan, the whole Mu, uh, boycott Mulan movement, um, you know, that kind um, of like blew out of proportion. Um, they definitely didn't make as much money as they wanted, obviously, because of the pandemic. But the bad press with being tied in with the genocide of Uyghurs is probably not what, you know, Disney wanted for their brand either. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, uh, I, I forget who maybe Universal or Warner Brothers is doing this movie um, um, called Monster Hunter. It's an Asian property. It is also targeted toward the Asian market. But they had like this Asian slur, you know, that old like uh, Chinese, Japanese, oh, yeah. dirty knees. Look at these. Anyway, they like sort of do that in the movie. And then it like got or they reference it so then they got pulled from chinese theaters and monster hunter is not that big a property in north america but it's bigger now it was one of the biggest games last year but in 
in like Asia, Monster Hunter is huge. Like this movie was expected to make most of its money in China, so to get pulled. So I was just like, okay, you know what? People are investing, but will they get scared off? Because you know, all it takes is the Chinese government to just you know pull, you know, pull something out of the theaters, which they have the full right to do in China. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, thankfully they've been investing, and it seems like they're targeting not just you know. Asia, Asia, but like North America, like Asians in North America, like, because, you know, we do make up like 5% of the population in North America. And in Canada, it's even higher. It's like 10, 11%. And in in Toronto, you know, definitely in certain parts of Toronto, like Brampton, uh, Mississauga, or um, Markham, for sure, makes up way more. So, you know, I I will also say, I think part of it is because uh, Disney Plus... Um, a big part of their subscriber base when it first uh, blew up was their acquisition of Hotstar from India. So um, they've actually renamed Hulu in non-American markets as Star and Star Plus because they um, like Disney Plus and Hotstar are actually like like equal in terms of 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 branding in some markets. So, like, in India, it's actually called Disney plus Hotstar because Hotstar is such a big, like, name and property. So, I think because the backbone of Disney plus itself is built on millions of Asian subscribers um, mm-hmm. that they sort of took in through Hotstar, um, I think it will always lean a little bit Asian, which is great. I, I hope Disney becomes the home <laughs> the home for Asian content because they're the biggest they're the biggest you know um, studio in the world. And if they know that you know a third of their friggin' subscribers come from Asia, then that can't be ignored. So, yeah, I would yeah. like to say like just you know if you want to avoid getting your film pulled from one of the largest markets in the world because of what might be construed as a racist thing against Asians, maybe hire an Asian writer. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just a suggestion. That might not have happened if it yeah. wasn't uh, Paul W.S. Anderson who screwed this thing up. <laughs> yeah. Like how do you not know to not use like racist children's nursery rhymes? Like, do you like, is that hard to understand when you're targeting Asians? I don't, I don't understand. I Yeah. Unless, I don't know. I I was going to try and, and give them the benefit of the doubt, but I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Just, I, just ignorance. It's ignorance. Exactly. And, and, but, but in this day and age, ignorance can cost you a lot of money. So you got to be careful, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is when we know, which is when we know that things will actually change is when the money changes. And yeah. that's why the acquisition of Hotstar was big. And I think that's, you know, honestly, I feel like that is a huge reason why they're investing in Asians. Plus, honestly, these Asians are hella talented. So, you know, it's not like they're doing us a favor. We're doing them a favor, honestly, for being so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's head over to Veronica. will take us into our next topic. And Veronica is going to talk about the COVID-19 vaccine and how it's been deployed in Canada and what, what does this all mean? Mm-hmm. So I actually went to check on the update on this. So it's arriving tonight, the first shipment. Mm. Yes, that is the latest news. It's arriving tonight. Um, it's not going to the territories, apparently, because there's no effective way to store it up in the territories. 
Uh, and the first is it minus eighty up there? <laughs> I know, I know. Like, well, I guess no, no virus lives up there. I don't know. So the first people obviously are going to be um, the long-term healthcare workers and the the residents of those places, and then I guess the rest of us. And they're distributing it. They're distributing it based um, on a per capita. I don't know per capita of what that's not what was clear to me i was like uh per capita of what deaths like cases it's probably cases that's what makes sense to me so i don't know like it's 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 coming sooner than i thought maybe i'm not sure or maybe it's just getting us excited that it's arrived but well i i think i think it was definitely like a surprise mic drop moment when um, Pierre, not Pierre, um, what's, what's his face? Justin Trudeau came out and was like, we're going to have 249,000 before the end of the year, which is like over the next two weeks. That was, I thought that was a drop, like a yeah. mic drop moment. Like that to me came out of nowhere. Yeah. It got approved so quickly. So, I mean, so I guess it's not by the end of next year, Leonard. I mean, I'm I'm just going with what I was told by the chief of staff of El Canada. So, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, that the numbers for the end of 2021? Well, yeah. basically, like they have enough uh, vaccines for like high risk people and like maybe like frontline workers that sort of thing. But like for healthy people like us, like we're not getting it. He was like, "Don't make plans for 2021 Thanksgiving." You know, like just yeah. Oh, yeah. your, your expectations and i was like yeah and of, of course of course and i was like well how did, did i talk about this last time like about how you could potentially get on the list i forget no. i don't want to repeat myself but how basically you, you can't but but he because oh. <laughs> i was just oh. joking with him i was like so how could i uh you know get up on this uh this vaccine list he was like well you could uh, you know you could contract a disease and i was like well what's the least egregious disease i could get Oh, that, right. yeah, that if, would qualify me for the vaccine. You know, if, if you become the so Ontario added in a new thing after um, after the first wave of um, of the nursing home craziness of the outbreaks. Um, so now everybody's allowed like a primary caretaker. So if you become the primary caretaker of somebody, you're allowed to go into those um, those nursing homes. You have special access that you didn't have before they put in this legislation or rule or whatever. So if you become one of the primary caretakers of somebody, you you can get in on that vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I've been. You know, I didn't go into comedy to seek out more responsibilities. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no thanks, says the mother. <laughs> I, I, no, no, thank you. But but the other thing though too is that um, so over in BC they're they're saying don't plan for this to be over uh, even by summer twenty twenty one. So I, it's just it's still the same thing. It's just I don't know what's going on. I don't know well, necessarily what to believe. I mean, it's obvious the it's the shipment is dropping today. Yeah, but. Well, in order to to for the population to have herd immunity, like seventy percent of the population has to be vaccinated. That's not going to happen by summer no. twenty twenty one. You know, so yeah, we're still going to be wearing masks. We're still going to be social distancing, and I think it's important. It'd be like it would be so stupid <laughs> if you contract coronavirus and die when the vaccine is coming. That'd be like, yeah. oh, the polio vaccine's out. I don't have it yet, but it's out. So I'm going to start eating shit now because I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like, but it's good news. 
Yeah, it's definitely good news. I think all these things can be true. Like, I think, you know, having 249,000 doses before the end of the year, like, Canada has, like, what, almost 40 million people, 30-something million people. Like, it'll take a while. I, I also heard similarly as well that, like, the general population won't begin to get vaccines until, like, I heard earliest May. Um, and then it'll still take months to get through to everybody. And, you know, that's all like a procurement thing. Um, and, you know, I, I do want to take like um, like one final shot at a, I know this topic isn't about Donald Trump, but I'm going to take a final shot at him <laughs> anyway of a related topic of how um, the Trump administration had a chance to uh, to secure <laughs> millions of um, of of uh, of covid uh, vaccine doses from Pfizer and they said oh, no. I mean, he can't even get his own, uh, like his Twitter handle is at real Donald Trump. Like, <laughs> he can't even get at Donald Trump. So why why, why do we think he can actually get, you know, vaccines for his, his people? Yeah. Yeah. And it's two doses. It's like you have to take one and then the next one within, what was it, 14 days or something like that. Mm. So, you know, I don't. I don't know what the um, how effective it is if you don't get that second dose. Is it like a do now you have to do it over again? I that's I what know. I actually didn't get up to that point to find out about it because it's a two part vaccine, a two dose vaccine. It's a two parter. There's a cliffhanger at the end of the first vaccine. Okay, great. Uh, thanks, thanks for that COVID vaccine update, Veronica. We're going to head over to Leonard for our next hot topic. And Leonard's first hot topic is tr- it's a, is a Trump's coup attempt and how it just keeps <laughs> escalating. The more he fails, the more desperate he gets. And what, what, on, earth, what on earth is happening? It's, uh, it's one of the dumbest coup attempts uh, put on by some of the dumbest people. Uh, but just because it's not succeeding doesn't mean you don't call it a coup. It's, it's pretty much what it's, what's happening. Of course, Donald Trump lost. He, he lost by quite a few uh, votes in the general in the election. I think like 6 million votes, the popular votes. He lost 306 to 232 in the Electoral College. It's not going well, but he's trying to fight it in uh, in various courts, but providing no evidence whatsoever. He's, I think he's like fifty and one in fifty, I think, in his uh, in his lawsuits. So, anyways, uh, he had a, a lawyer named Sidney Powell, who who they have since uh, you know disavowed. But she had uh, she had a, a lawsuit. He was like it was called the Kraken. Everyone's like it's the Kraken. It's going to be this thing. And then of course it was nothing. And then and then there was a lawsuit from Texas. Uh, from uh, an attorney general, uh, but not the state. Uh, I forget what the. There's somebody who's actually supposed to be like handling, like going to the Supreme Court with this stuff, and he refused to put his name on it and is like, because it's insane. Like the guy who's tr- like, so basically, like the the lawsuit that he was contending that, uh, like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia, they didn't follow their own constitutional laws, uh, therefore all their votes should be thrown out because they're they're going to elect the wrong president and that's going to affect Texas. Supreme Court was like, we're not even going to take this case. This is so stupid. Uh, like the, uh, Alito and uh, Clarence Thomas, they said, well, you know, we 
should probably take this case because it was a matter of uh, what's called original jurisdiction, uh, which means like anytime two states have an issue with each other, the Supreme Court should take it up. But then they're very like clear. They were like, but we would not grant relief, meaning we would never, ever, uh, <laughs> even if we hear it, it's ridiculous. Let's hear it, then throw it out is basically what it is, right? So that's kind of like where that's at. Uh, so yeah, that was called the big one that Trump said. So like the Kraken, the big one, like basically it's like roller coasters, but they all go nowhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my goodness. It's it, it just, I, I don't think ironic is the right word. Hypocritical maybe is the better word for a state like Texas that always talks about states' rights. Like, give me a break, bitch. Now you're trying to impede exactly on other it. states' rights. Like, if this thing actually, if this lawsuit was successful, do you know what that means? That means, like, any state could sue any other state for any of the things they do. They're like, I don't like your gun laws, Idaho. You're bringing stuff into my state. I don't like your health care because your sick people are coming here. I don't like the way you deal with your roads because whatever, whatever, whatever. It would, that would be the end of federalism. <laughs> and, like, these front supporters like, yeah, let's, you know, it's hilarious and sad uh and i'm glad it's not our country yeah. but it's it's so so weird and, and dumb he's he's clinically insane isn't he like why why aren't we just saying that well no you know what this is it's all a grift like that's all it is like he's doing this because he's still people are still sending him money and they're not spending any of the money really on these lawsuits i think they spent like eight ten million bucks or something like that but they've raised like over 200 million. Oh my goodness. So it's not yeah, that no. yeah, yeah. It's just he's yeah. very good at tricking stupid people into giving he, money. I, is he? I mean, I feel like he's just so aggressive in his manner that I, I think that people are just like, okay, I'm just going to take what you say. I don't know. I just feel like well, every time I hear him, it's just so ridiculous that how do you say that this is a person with sense? Even from early on before his career, we don't even know his transcripts and apparently you know there it's it's rumored that he was a very horrible student like there's something wrong with that guy it's just he learned how to be loud he learned how to be a bully that's what he did yeah that that's does what not surprise me want. like they they gravitate towards that in times of uncertainty they want somebody yeah. to be their champion and they don't care if he's a dick they don't care if he's an asshole. They want him to be strong because they need somebody to protect them and get them the things they want, even though the things they want are very impractical. Like, I don't know, the coal <laughs> industry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but, but, you know, Donald Trump basically, like, he capitalized on that. And he basically told them that they were right to feel the things they were feeling. You're right to feel like immigration is bad. You're right to feel because you are getting screwed and, I'm gonna, and I and I alone can fix this. And he basically like short-circuited their little lizard brain and like scratched the part of it saying, this feels good. And, <laughs> you know, and basically just uh, bypassed all logic, reason, and fact. And here we are <laughs> in the situation where he's literally trying to overturn a free and fair election. Like, if you heard this was happening in any other country, if you heard this was happening in Venezuela, you'd be like, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, they don't know what they're doing down there. But here we are. Uh, and it's going to have lasting damage, right? Because, like, you have, like, 75 million Americans who are like, oh, I don't accept Biden as a rightful president, even though he was. And really, yeah. the reason they're doing this, like, they're, like, Mitch McConnell... Like none of the the upper leadership is saying shit because they are going to use all this these cries of fraud, which they know are fake, but they're going to use it to try to institute voter 
ID laws to suppress the vote because you can't, what they know is you can't steal a vote, uh, steal an election after the election, but you can definitely do it beforehand. Mm -hmm. And they have like with gerrymandering and whatever. And if they, they, you know, and they're going to use this, like they're already doing it in Georgia for the Senate runoff. Like they're using the spec, they're using this fake fraud, uh, these fake fraud cries to, uh, to try to restrict mail-in voting and remove, uh, you know, ballot, like polling stations. Oh my goodness. When does it end? I mean, when China takes over <laughs> and America uh, balkanizes, I guess. Yeah. Can you just get one of those novels where you pick an ending? Like, well, come on now. Well, yeah. this will end. Like, this Trump thing will end. Like, it just will. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to, like, it's just, it has to. Yeah. It's just, there's nothing, there's no longer anything to stop it from ending. Mm. It's just, them screaming all the way down yeah it is it is really sad like we said like the latest poll from quiniac or quipidia i don't know whatever one of those things is yeah it's it's a 70 70 percent of republican voters think that joe biden is an illegitimate president like that's ridiculous like Propaganda works, people. That's that's oh, what yeah. I'm learning. Propaganda yeah, is sure. effective. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, well, you know, we're I will definitely take this topic up more as the weeks go on. Uh-huh. I'm predicting like each week, each week, like this gets crazier. Like you know, first he's doing like regular shit, like or somewhat regular shit, like. You know, asking for recounts, whatever. Sure, it's sore losership, but whatever. But then he's like asking, you know, the electorate or you know, electors or whatever the hell to to go against the will of of the voters because that's how the constitution actually works for some unknown reason. You <laughs> <Yep>. don't actually <laughs> have to. And then he's like, you know, pressuring legislators now. So he's like flat out admitting, not to the public because he's trying to like get money, but to to the Republicans, he's just actually saying, sure, I might have lost, but overturn this for me. Well, yeah, and- no, I mean, that's the hashtag now. It's hashtag overturned. There's no, no illusion that like Biden <laughs> didn't win. It's like, no, but we don't want him to win. And we will, we refuse to accept this. And we believe based purely on feelings, Zero fact that Trump won because I can't be wrong because I've tied my entire self identity to this person, and if he goes down, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. And that's what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. Honestly, I feel like it's gonna get crazier each week. He's upping the ante. I don't know yeah. what he's gonna do. He's probably you know we. We still know that he's looking into uh, pardoning him, <laughs> pre-pardoning yeah. himself and his That's whole right. family and all his associates. Very masturbatory pardon, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is dumb because like pardoning includes admission of guilt, and it has to be exactly. pardoning for something. You can't just yeah. pardon yourself for all future crimes. That's ridiculous. 
Well, you can, well, actually, there has been precedent for that. Like when Carter uh, pardoned Nixon, it was basically we pardoned him for whatever legal things he might have done <laughs> during this time. Oh my God, so, really? Well, it, yeah. it, it, at least it's from like a different person. This is, yeah, I don't yeah, know. This is himself. Yeah, pardoning himself, like he can pardon himself for unspecified crimes. I mean, he can. People can be pardoned for unspecified crimes. It is unclear as to the legality of pardoning oneself that seems real wrong and i feel like that will definitely get debated and probably struck down i would hope because that would be insane well Uh, and also you're saying and prior to he's you're he he's it's admission of guilt by saying i'm going to pardon myself and my family like okay so it's like oh so what are you admitting to yeah, well, pardon isn't necessarily an admission of guilt. It's um, because there are pe- innocent people who get pardoned. So, yeah, it, but in this instance... In this instance. Yeah, like he's guilty. Not so, so whatever. And But the nice thing, the nice thing is that, like, he, he can't, he can only pardon himself of federal crimes. And, like, given, you know, the, the machine of the federal government, it didn't seem like he was going to get charged with any federal crimes anyways. But... The uh, like the the Southern District of New York, like they're going, they're going to be going after him hardcore. Like he is in a lot of trouble. Like when he is no longer the president, he's going to be in a world of hurt. And so oh I'm looking forward to seeing that, but also tempering my expectations that nothing will happen because this is because for some people, uh, when it's illegal, that just means it costs more to do. <laughs> um, yep. Okay, thank you, Leonard, for that topic and that update. Um, we're gonna switch gears a little bit, a little, a little bit happier, um, and we're gonna talk about uh, Christmas carols. But actually, before that, I'm gonna jump in and say uh, uh, we were talking before about the the dose, and um, uh, David from our chat has chimed in saying it's 21 days and it's most effective after the first dose. So it sounds oh. like you should take the second dose, but it's not, you know, like it, it it's sounds not. like there is still some use, you know, like, yeah. like hell, who, who the hell finishes their antibiotics anyway? I usually <laughs> save half that shit because they don't want to go into the doctors afterward. I know I'm creating super viruses and all that shit. I went to school, but whatever. It's, you know what? No, nobody finishes their doses. Hell, if I have yeah. like two people in a household, I'll probably give them a second dose, whatever. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, I'm not setting a good example, so just ignore me. But, you know, let's just keep it real. That's what I would be doing. Um, <laughs> so, okay, um, on to the next topic, which is cheerier. And it's um, everybody's favorite Christmas chanteuse. The elusive Mariah Carey herself is back this year with a special edition. Um, is a special edition Christmas special that is on Apple TV Plus for those who have Apple TV Plus. Um, it's I don't know what it's called. This is a Mariah Carey Christmas special. It's got Ariana Grande, Snoop Dogg, Jennifer Hudson. Um, I don't know. I, I think those are those are. The, oh, uh, and 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 a Jermaine Dupri um, from mm. Mariah's early career. Um, I forgot he existed. <laughs> I, I know he disappeared there for a while. Hey, he was great. He was great. I, the last time I heard his voice on a track was uh, was was uh, I like was uh, I like that from uh, 
from Mariah. That was her We Belong Together album. He was really oh, heavily involved so in that long one. Ago. Um, and obviously, he was really involved in your early ones. But, you know, the special is great. It's just as cheesy and ridiculous as you would think a Mariah Carey yeah. Christmas special is. She does a lot of her boob touches, she sings yes. all her classics. Um, so good. You know, she's, there's like this totally ridiculous storyline that they try to go through. Um, you could tell a lot of it is green screen. Sometimes people are together, sometimes they're not, but you know, it's COVID. <laughs> so girlfriend did the best she could. Um, if you are wanting to watch this and wondering how, um, you probably have a subscription to Apple TV Plus without knowing. It, you get a year free for every Apple device that you purchase. So you probably yeah. haven't even subscribed even though somebody in your house has some type of apple something ah. there you go. it's that was blurred out what yeah i'm know. assuming that's oh your airpods pro oh. yeah so boom i have a subscription there you go <laughs> yeah so tune in it's it's silly it's ridiculous it's a mariah but it's christmas um yeah and uh, I'm going to open it up to our to our co-hosts, and uh, I'm not sure if they've actually seen the, the special or not, but the question I'm going to ask them is actually, what is their favorite Christmas carol, and is there a Christmas carol that they absolutely hate and just mm-hmm. wish they could erase from the universe? <laughs> well, we're talking about Mariah Carey. That song, it's just... So goddamn I can sing it. Like I can sing it. I can listen to it over and over. I don't know what. I it's don't like want a lot for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything about it. It's just like it's crack. It's crack for the ears. It's. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like as soon as I'm not like a huge Christmas person. I'm not like that person who's like ah Christmas. But I look forward to um, hearing it on repeat a thousand times over. I don't know it's, what it is about it's that. It's a really well written song. Like they do a really good job of like going through ranges, right? So it's like yeah. da, 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 da. and then and then like really, you know, it's it's uh it's dynamic. Like the, it's, the dynamics of the song are very, very good. Yeah. Which is and why I don't it makes like a billion dollars video. every year in royalties every oh, time. Really? It's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know the Do you watch the video too though? I love watching the video too. It's equally as satisfying. Yeah, you know the video's great. Um, I th- I think the story is she wrote this song in like under an hour, under two hours or something. Oh, but I, I was watching like a, a mini documentary. It, it it wasn't this special. It was a different one um, that was talking about how she came up with the song and why it's so catchy and why it's so timeless. And like, you know this. Like, honestly, this woman is a genius. Like, you know how in the beginning where it's like, do, 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 but it's like just instrumentals. She like researched all the Christmas hits of all time. And she was like, what instrument most means Christmas to people? And then she said she took that instrument um, and uh, it's the same instrument from like the Nutcracker. And she's like, that's the one that she used. So like, she really thought out like every single thing. Like she was like, I don't want to make this for the nineties. She's like, I want to make this timeless. And like, even though it took her only two hours to write the actual song, like her research into it, like she had like all this, like this many songs use this instrument, you know, this is the beat of this. And she like, really? Yeah. She's really technical with her songwriting. This girl does not 
Like, uh-huh. she does not play. And that, it was not an accident that song made it big. I will tell people too, like, that whole first album is amazing. Like, her versions of some of those songs, like Hark the Herald, Angel uh-huh. Sing, and Oh Holy Night, like, songs that I, oh, yeah. I didn't actually like. Until I heard her version, and I can't hear another version. Her version of, like, Hark the Herald Angel Sing is, like, it's actually a remix, and it it combines two songs into one. I forget which two songs. But, like, it's actually, there's no other version like it, because it's actually two Christmas carols in one that she, like, sort of remixed into, like, one new song. Like, it's it's just crazy. This, she's, she's a genius. Um... And it's funny because for those who know me, like, I hate Christmas. Like, I hate Jesus. I hate, like, all religions. It, it, listen, it, it's not just Christians I hate. I hate all religions equally. I'm, like, Joe Rogan level of I hate religion. I think religion was the first time when I was young where I was just like, wow, adults are stupid. I was like, I figured this shit out when I was 10 years old. This shit is stupid. You know, obviously that has to do with me being gay and having basically being hunted down by religious people my whole life. So, like, listen, (laughs) I hate all y'all bitches, um, but when Mariah Carey's singing it, it sounds so good. Yeah. It sounds so good. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it reminds me of a certain era of uh, working in retail as a young adult. <laughs> and, like, it's always on repeat with uh, Boney M. <laughs> that, that what, CD Rasputin? And... Yes, yeah, yeah. The Boney M Christmas album and Mariah. That's, for me, that's that's Christmas. That's enough for me, and then Christmas is done. But, yeah, I whatever. Whatever she did, I mean, she's cheesy as hell, and she's, you know... She's got a lot going on, <laughs> but I appreciate that song, Mariah. <laughs> okay, and now let's head over to Leonard. What is there a favorite Christmas carol for you, or a most you know, hated? I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself so hard, but I really really enjoyed the Ali McBeal Christmas album. Oh my! What? I didn't even know they had an album. Oh yeah, and there's like a ver- like the version of Santa Baby. There's and I love this. Uh, and I, in fact, I taught myself to play this. It's um, a version of uh, Joni Mitchell's "River" uh, on the piano, and it's uh, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's coming up Christmas, cutting down trees. You know that song. I, I don't no remember this. Sing songs of joy and peace. So, wish I had a river I could skate away That's on. Right. That, song. that song. Love that song. Robert Downey Jr. crushes it. And he's playing the piano. It's amazing. So, yeah. Wow. I've been like teaching myself to play that on the piano and like sing and whatever. It's great. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. I didn't even know Ellie McBeal had a Christmas s- s- album. Oh, they've got a lot of albums because, like, Vonda Shepard, who like did like the uh, the theme song. Like, there's just so many. <clears throat> yeah, I watched the show. I didn't realize that they were. Well, well, yeah. you clearly were not a fan. No, I was only. I was a fan of Robert Downey Jr. Is what yeah. I was a fan of. Yeah. Oh, he was only there at the end, and yeah. he just kept disappearing because he had like weird drug shit in his life. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. he kind of ruined the last few seasons because they were trying to write around. His like weird drug disappearances, going to jail and shit. But um, you know what? 
good for him for, for making a comeback. But I, I, I still hold it against him that he ruined the last few seasons of uh, the last two seasons of Ally McBeal because yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's his legacy. From <laughs> that's the only thing he'll be remembered for. <laughs> this is all set down. <laughs> the um, Okay, so um, uh, let's let's stick with the musical genre, and we're gonna head on over to Leonard, who wants to talk about Taylor Swift dropping a second oh. surprise album. Um, <laughs> holy crap, Leonard! Yeah. It's amazing. It's honestly best pandemic ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Like the first one, I was like, great, another Taylor Swift album. And then this like random surprise album, like, goddamn, like she's so prolific. And it's wow. a pretty good album. Um, I don't think I like loved as much as Folklore, but it's called Evermore. It's, mm-hmm. I still quite enjoy it. And yeah, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's I'm going to keep listening to it a lot. <laughs> I quite it's, enjoy it. It's her ninth album. Yeah. yeah. How old is she? 30-something. Maybe 30. Oh, is she? Oh, I thought she was still 20-something. Oh, God. That's when you know you're old. You're like, ah, uh, I thought she was still a young girl. You know, I think she's, like, the best example of making the most of her pandemic downtime. Like, you know, yeah. I, I felt like I was being pretty, like, effective but damn, this girl just put out two albums, yo. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and also I, I, I felt less effective after the computer I spent half a year building basically just became obsolete <laughs> overnight. But, um, uh, you know, so I, I'm feeling a little less good about myself. But this girl, like, holy shit, she's making the rest of the world look like yeah. lazy ass hoes. Like this girl, yeah. what she's accomplishing. Well, have you seen her... Um, documentary. I can't remember what it's called right now. Miss America. Uh, uh, no, it's a. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's Miss Americana. Miss Americana. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, yeah, I don't remember what it's called. But she. Um, when I, I will say that I, I liked her more after watching that because when I saw her process of songwriting, I was like, "What the hell? She's a machine, that girl." Yeah. She's a machine, and also like, like everything. Like, I, I went to her concert, uh, like, and it was, like, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Like, her, really? like, it's just, it's so clear. Like, so much effort and thought went into every single aspect of it, you know? Like, it was, like, every move, every, like, head turn, every word was, like, perfectly choreographed. And it was just incredible. It was incredible. And also, like... um Brian, like, okay, so I took my wife for her birthday. She always wanted to see Taylor Swift. She always wanted to see Brian Adams. And then right. Taylor Swift did a cover of Summer of 69, which already I was like, amazing. And then halfway through this, the second verse, like, Brian Adams himself rose out of the stage. Oh. And they duetted. And I was like, oh, I am the best husband ever. Uh, and this is, of course, <laughs> before we realized Brian Adams is racist. But, like, yeah. before, it was pretty good before then. Yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed in that. I have to say, I was like, "Damn it!" I liked his songs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I still like Brian Adams. I'm, I'm able to separate, like, you know, I'm, I'm good with separating the parts I like about somebody. Like with my exes, like you know what? Even if they're like a hot mess personality wise, I can still find them hot. Um, you know, so I'm very good with compartmentalizing my hatred of people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, you know what? You can separate the art from the artist is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, You you separate the art from the artist the same way the rest of us separated our clothes from the child labor. (laughs) 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 Uh, So... Let's uh, change gears a little bit from music to protesting. Um, and we're going to head on over to Veronica, who is, who's tracking a story for us about farmers in India who are protesting, which has also sparked protests in, um, in different regions of Canada. Yeah, I, and I want to preface this by... I, I don't know anything about farming and I, and I, but for whatever reason, this topic caught my eye and I, I don't know, maybe it was just the mood of the day, but um, so now the more that I was looking into it, so they have a bill called, I'm reading it off my screen right now. It says the farmers produce trade and commerce bill. So now basically what it means is farmers will deal directly with corporations and private buyers. Whereas before they had something called the MSP where they get a guaranteed minimum support price. So now in dealing with corporations directly, there's, there's a chance for them to basically get taken advantage of. And already farming is very, it's hand to mouth as far as I understand. So I don't know. I, I think maybe what it was that um, that caught my eye is because obviously the population of South uh, Asians in Canada and I, I, it was just just for for the impact of that for the for the population here to be to give such protest. I think that's what caught my eye about it, even though I knew nothing about it. But now that I'm reading more into it, I thought. Food is one of those things that when corporations get a hold of them, which I'm sure I know, Leonard, that you're, you're very into that. It's just, I feel like it's just, it creeps me out at the very base level. <laughs> everything aside, it creeps me out because I'm like, I don't know what you're doing to me. Not that I'm going to stop eating it, but <laughs> it's still... It still creeps me out, much like a lot of the relationships I have. You creep me out, but I'm still going to have a baby with you <laughs> i'm gonna still put you inside my mouth I'm gonna... <laughs> if that had happened there would have been no baby unfortunately so well, live and learn yeah. you were 24 you knew nothing i was 24 yeah 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 happy birthday that's the memory that you're gonna have um no so i just i think that's what it is that caught me about this story i thought why why such interest in in farming i i know the answer it's just such a cheap easy way to take control of things and yeah it made me a little bit depressed actually is what it made me as i stuffed a big mac into my mouth yeah it's funny <laughs> cuz from what i understand about india there's um, there, there's, there's quite a few farmers, but most like 70% of their farming industry is made up of like small farms. Like it isn't as yeah. in- industrialized or, um, or it, it hasn't been taken over by like these huge corporations the way it has in Canada, where there's just like a lot of amalgamation. Now you're not getting as many like, you know, family run farms, whereas in India, that's still a thing. So, you know, maybe this is just a sign of 
um, you know, sign of like what happened in Canada will happen in India. Like they, they're just going to get bought up. Um, you know, India is slowly rising with um, with a bigger middle class with more spending power. And as it happened in Canada, a lot of this farming stuff happened as well. Um, I don't know if they're related um, somehow, but it, it, maybe it's a part of uh, of of uh, of growing up as 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 a country. And like India could very well be the next world superpower. Like people are underestimating them versus China, but their their economic power is is starting to grow, and their their population is second only to to China. Um, and their manufacturing, of course, is huge. So. You know, who knows what's going to happen in India, but we're definitely going to closely, closely track that for sure. Yeah. Okay, great. So now let's go back to Leonard for our final topic, but I'm sure a very heated topic. Um, (laughs) We're going to return to China (laughs) um, and going back to the genocide of the Uyghurs that is currently happening and it's been ongoing for a while, unfortunately. Um, Leonard has a story about Huawei and their face detection software. Take it away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, speaking of closely tracking Asians, uh, this is basically <laughs> <laughs> what it's about. Uh, so China, uh, in conjunction with Huawei, which, uh, of course, some of us might have heard of because of the whole spat between America, Huawei, and now, for whatever reason, we have a, the one of their execs holed up in B.C., which, by the way, apparently is the only way we can get these Asians to stay in the homes and buy here. Uh, it's just too risky. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Huawei and another company called Megvi, they have come up with facial, recogni- uh, facial recognition technology that can uh, basically just look at all the people, walk around the street and go, that's a Uyghur. It's like, it's like where's Waldo, but with Uyghurs. And then, uh, and then, who knows what they're going to do to this Uyghur. But like, I mean, they claim that they're not using this. It was just like an experiment. And it's like, you don't spend money doing something like this to not use it. Like that's like, it's crazy. All right. So on the one hand, um, yeah, it's like terrifying um, because, you know, like using tracking systems to distinguish people by race. I can't think of a single thing this is good for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Awesome. Um, but on the other hand, you know, it's nice to know that when the robot uprising occurs, they will be able to distinguish between Asians. So that's nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is my one big complaint with wearing masks right now is that my iPhone no longer recognizes me. And it was literally the only thing oh. in the world that could consistently differentiate me from other Asians. But like... Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, I, you know, that's, that is very creepy. Um, I'm already creeped up by the Reface app and I, and I use it extensively on my weekends now. Uh, it's, yeah. I, yeah. Well, ugh, I just face, can't, all right? the possibilities of what they could do with that. It's just, I feel like we're heading towards iRobot. Like what, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, but one thing I will say, too, is, you know, as much as people want to harp on China, and listen, we've been very critical on China and the Uyghur situation. You know, I think sometimes people look at China and what's happening in other countries and they don't apply it to North America. But, like, honestly, there was protests from both Amazon and Microsoft employees because they sold facial recognition software to um, ICE, 
which was using it to identify immigrants to uh, to to ship them out. So this is like a bigger issue that's happening. Um, you know, I, I I'm I'm not sure the other ones were programmed specifically to tell race. But because it was written by racist people, there was racist bias that people were able to find that were written within it. Um, so, you know, maybe the Chinese is just being more open about uh, programming this shit in. Yeah. I mean, they're just being efficient with how I mean, I don't think they're making like huge secrets of like I mean, they have like their their uh, the social credit system. Right. Which basically re- like people get points based on whether or not they're being good citizens or bad citizens. And then whether or not, if they don't have, if they lose enough points, then they end up not being able to do things like travel or put your kids in school or date or, uh, you know, get good jobs or whatever. And honestly, I'm like, this is a system designed to punish assholes. I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, (laughs) You know? So I don't know. I can't really... Yeah, you know, because you hear these stories of like these, like Chinese tourists to go and like deface like Egyptian hieroglyphics, or they're like peeing on the street somewhere. And I was like, yeah, don't let them out of the country, man. Like that's not, you know, you're set, you set a good example. You know, like y'all ambassadors. Any any minority is an ambassador for the rest of their people. So we all have to be well behaved. You know, I mean, I, I look forward to the day when we can all just be assholes and it doesn't matter. But for now, <laughs> we all have to be on our best behavior. Well, I mean, with with something with technology like that, I feel like everyone could eventually not eventually everyone could potentially be an asshole because that's I mean, that's too powerful for me. I just I'm not that makes me so uncomfortable. Not that it's very far off from a lot of technology right now, but. I kind of want to go back in time. Like, where's that DeLorean? I want to hop in and go back to just, like, landlines and being able to just move to a different town so that no one could find you. Mm. Is, is this why you were researching farms? <laughs> that's, that's the real reason. I'm like, where can I move that? <laughs> so Veronica wants to go off the grid. So that's uh, our topic for next <laughs> you know, having a podcast is probably not the best way to go off grid. <laughs> want to go Ron Swanson? Maybe don't put yourself on the internet every day, it's, it's and, and don't use the Reface app. You're basically giving I them know. your face. I, I'm obsessed with <laughs> like it. You literally sold them your face. <laughs> I I can't stop playing with this Reface app, but it's just um, what was I going to say about that? It's just too or just too accessible to. I don't even know who. Uh, Everything, there's no secrets about any of us anymore. There's no... Especially because all of us are just willingly putting it online. (laughs) Well, yeah, that too. That too. Well, why not? (laughs) It's all out there. So, and it's just, I don't know. It's, when you really start to think about it, it's, what are they going to do with that? Oh, they're going to monetize it, obviously. They're going to use it to make money. They're going to use it to sell us shit. They're going to use it to... I mean, yeah, that's it. Make money. I feel like that's the lesser of what I'm thinking. I feel very conspiracy theorist tonight. Yeah, I I think the the interesting thing with technology sometimes is people measure its success rate differently than I would measure it. Of like, you know, people are like, oh, well, what if this, you know, software gets it wrong? And I feel like to me, something is useful once it gets it right as many times as a human would. So if a human 
humans make mistake on what race somebody is all the time. But, you know, for the most part, if you're living in China, you can probably, for the most part, differentiate between, like, you know, Uyghurs and Han Chinese and whatever. You know, you're not always going to be right. But as long as you can, as the software can meet that threshold, I would say it'd be pretty successful in a scary way. Um, whereas sometimes people hold um, technology up to a higher standard. Like, for instance, like, self-driving cars, people get so mad when, like, they, they crash once. But, like... You know, is the threshold that self-driving cars make no mistakes or that it makes less mistakes than humans? Because that threshold yeah. of crashing less than humans has already been met. Um, like, I literally know somebody who got into three car accidents this week alone. <laughs> oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I think they would be best served. If they were chauffeured by a robot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So listen, we are we are now outsourcing human racism over to robots. <laughs> so there, yeah. there we go. I mean, <laughs> they're going to be more efficient exactly at it. exactly what it is. I love it. Not only is it racist, but it's cheaper. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get like a robot that can go around just like saying slurs to the correct people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even that I'd appreciate, to be honest. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, you know what? This will totally, honestly, this will totally be sold to white people who, the ones who say they can't tell the difference between Asians, you know, some hoe is going to come up with an That's app and they're going to be like, Oh, I love it. Just you know. like an Asian identifier. Like, so like yeah. you know, like yeah. they have those things that identify plants. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, what, what kind of Asian is this? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Google visual search. That is, that is the Simpson, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Do not, not all Asians are yellow, you idiot. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for that topic. That uh, is a very scary topic, um, especially yes. the whole point system thing in China. That is literally an episode of black mirror <laughs> so yeah. it's it you know it's it's all coming true like that that robo dog that they had in that they basically made a life version of it in in amazon warehouses everything that fucking black mirror i had to stop watching that shit this is too real this is too mm -hmm. real it's not black mirror <laughs> it's just you know real life mirror at this point yeah so <laughs> mirror yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not so fun house mirror. Uh, okay, thank you, Leonard, um, for that topic. And that brings us to the end of our show this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Sorry for missing last week. I do not anticipate any more technical difficulties. Um, you know, this was our first year doing the podcast, and hopefully you can appreciate every week we add something new. This week, I, I don't think like our co-hosts even know yet, but when they watch this back, they'll see the graphics that have actually changed again. We have, like, bigger faces, and we actually have, like, a photo of the topic um, in the uh, top left-hand corner, um, partially because uh, YouTube gives extra credit if, if it uses image recognition now to tag um, to tag videos. So if we're talking about Trump and there's no photo of Trump in the corner, it won't rank it as high. So, you know, it's a little bit more like weekend update now. We have like a little picture of every topic. So, you know, things are putting up with their technical difficulties. It's because we are trying to improve the show every single week and hopefully you can... Um, you can see that. Um, so, uh, you know, thanks again to our panelists, Leonard Chan and Veronica Antipolo. Um, I'm your host of Vong Show, and that's what's up. 
Now let's